Well, hey, hey there, happy innovators. How are you all doing today, huh? Are you shoveling snow yet? I am. It's snowing here in Massachusetts. You know, it's that time of year. And I'm sitting in my studio right now, this bright and early morning, uh, with a hot cup of coffee in my hand, and I'm ready to sit down and do a Singularity podcast today. And what I want to share with you today uh, in the Singularity podcast is um, a letter that I received from one of my listeners, one of my fans, and uh, they had asked me a few questions in this email that they had sent me. And um, I decided that with this podcast today, uh, I would sit down and I would answer those questions right here, right now. So uh, I guess I should probably start out with uh, reading you the letter that he wrote to me, the initial uh, bit of communication we had. And it goes a little something like this. By the way, this letter is from Rod from Otago, New Zealand. And uh, so here we go. Michael, I am extremely honored to say that I have been a longtime fan of pipe choir and pipe choir related projects and experiments since the release of Ad Astra Volume 1 back in 2014. I cannot stress how mind blowing your music is. Oh, thank you. You are the only artist I know that can stretch the very concept of music to its limits and subsequently push it further and further with meaningful experimentation. Now that's really cool. Thank you very much. Um, pure sonic bliss throughout your entire readily available discography. I just wrapped up listening to the entirety of Honest Wave Experiment number 33, and I can reaffirm that Pipe Choir and the work created by you solely is consisted of nothing but masterpieces. Hey, thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, man. I am so sorry for mindlessly fanboying, but I love your music so much, I can't even put it into words. Dream On just takes me somewhere else. Possibly my favorite song of all time. It is made up of unmatchable beauty. Every time I listen to this, I am reminded of the last time I listened to it, usually only a few months ago. Listening to this song is like unlocking a checkpoint that you will always remember, even if you have heard it many times before. The version of Dream On recently featured on the Singularity podcast caused my brain to form so many questions about the song, just from that embryonic demo. Your music truly amazing. I am certain I have listened to everything available, hours of my life engaged in the art that you have produced. I could go on and on about the minute details of your music for ages, but I have no one to share it with. I would kill to interview you and ask you questions about the journey throughout your musical pastime via live stream. I have so many built up questions unanswered in relation to the beautiful work you have produced. I really hope if you are up to an interview and a Q&A with an eager fan that this could be arranged. Of course, this is just an offer and, uh, well, what I'd imagine pretty annoying one on your end. Thank you for your amazing art. Well, as you notice at the end of that letter, you know, he had asked me if I would be willing to do an interview 
with him li- via live stream. And, uh, you know, I don't want to do any kind of interviews or anything like that right now, especially like live stream. However, um, you know, I, I love to answer questions. Okay. Um, so rather than, you know, taking him up on the offer to do a live stream interview, what I decided to do was just go right ahead and, you know, feature this letter in this podcast today and answer the questions right here, right now. And, you know, I had contacted Rod uh, from New Zealand about this. You know, I thanked him for the letter because it was really nice. A lot of nice things that he said. And uh, it's not lost on me. I I like to hear nice things as opposed to bad things. And I did tell him that, uh, you know, while I wouldn't be into doing a live stream interview, I would, however, welcome any questions that he has. And... uh, you know, I would answer them for him in a podcast. Now, I got to say to all the people listening to this right now, um, I love to make music, right? I mean, obviously, but what I love almost as much, maybe sometimes even more, is like talking about music and uh, talking about my music, especially. Okay, so... Right here at this point, I want to just make the offer to anybody. If you ever have any questions for me about anything that I've created over the past few years or whatever, if you have any questions for me, you should feel free to shoot them to me at P-I-P-E-C-H-O-I-R at gmail.com. That's pipechoir at gmail.com. Okay? Uh, I will answer any questions you have for me, like I'm about to answer these questions right now. Um, So after I had thanked Rod for this letter, he shot me uh, a few more questions that he would like to ask me. And uh, so I'm going to start out with uh, reading you what he wrote me. Um, Okay. The song On Axis. I know that you are not the type to rank your music or consider works better than others, but surely this must be one of your favorite works of all time. I can count four or five very, very diverse and incredibly different versions of the song. I've noticed through the years that you have creatively reimagined your older tracks in multiple different styles. Now, First of all, I got to say, that is true, um, especially with the song On Axis, and I've explained it before. Um, the song On Axis, to me, is just an example, only one example, of one song that I have that I've decided to make multiple versions of for whatever reason. And, you know, I have explained this before in previous podcasts, but I'll explain it again for you right now. Um, you know, I am a musician. Yes, that's true. And I am a singer songwriter. Yes, that's true. But before any of that stuff, okay, what you guys have got to understand or you've got to realize is that I'm an artist first. Okay. And, um, I am making art with sound. Okay. That's how I see it. That's what I'm known for, um, and that's what I want to be known for. 
Um, so I take liberties with whatever songs I have, uh, however I want to, and, uh, you know, according to my whim, you know, um, so, you know, I will have several versions of songs sometimes, um, Sometimes it's because I want to reinterpret the song a different way. Uh, sometimes it's because I think that I can improve the song or the sound recording of that song some way. Um, and I reserve the right to do that. You know, I will do that forever. Um, and I don't see anything wrong with that. You know, I've always thought it was kind of foolish or, uh, you know, doesn't make any sense to me that a group will go into the studio and record a song once and that's it you know they'll never revisit that song again um maybe they'll do it live or like a live version or something or a reprised version of the song but they won't go back and take another swing at it and that's probably at least from my best estimation based on that old system, you know, the old recording contract record label system where artists were, you know, indentured servants to their record company. So the record company was not going to pay money, you know, for them to go back in and record something that was already making money for them, you know. But as you know, I don't belong to that system nor will I ever, probably. And, um, you know, I'm free. I'm free to do whatever I want to do with my songs. So I will do whatever I want to do with my songs. And I, I'm proud of that. And I think that that's really kind of what my fans expect of me. Okay, so I don't have any problem you know, taking a song like On Axis and doing, you know, 50 versions of it. I'll, I'll do however many versions of it that I want. And, you know, I don't even need a good reason to do it. It's just that's what I'm going to do, you know. Um, and I would like to think that my audience appreciates that about what I'm doing and that sense of freedom, you know, that you know what you, you're getting from me. Uh, you know, pipe choir, PC one, PC three, whatever, anything that I'm doing, you know, you know that you're getting, you know, real art. Like it's not forced by anyone. I don't answer to anyone. I do exactly what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, where I want to do it, and uh, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. So the next bullet point from Rod. He says, I'd love to hear some more about the amazing track Dune Wander. I know you did an album analysis a while back of Ad Astra Volume 1, but there's some more about Dune Wander I'd love to know. Like these biblical-esque lyrics, it adds some ancient sacred vibe to the entire song, nicely paired with the title Dune Wander. Those guitar effects are extremely unique. It sounds like a lot of chorus and reverb. When was this one written and subsequently recorded? I can imagine a shorter, heavier version of this fitting right into Pipe Choir, 
a track that for sure stands out in the PC3 album lineup. I love it. Okay, uh, I could talk about Dune Wander a little bit here. Um, I think that Dune Wander was written probably in the year 2012 or the year 2013. Um, it was a song that I had decided I wanted to do uh, in the style of uh, old blues kind of thing, like uh, this group called the Masters of Reality. They have a song called Doraldina's Prophecies. It's a song that I've liked a lot for a long time. And um, uh, I wanted to do something like that. And I consciously, you know, sat down and I think I put the drums down first for Dune Wander. That ba-boom, ba-cha, ba-boom, boom-cha, boom-boom. You know, a, a blues kind of uh, beat. And I started from there and I started to add music. And um, the name Dune Wander is really just kind of this idea of the ocean and the beach the sea and the shore like a metaphor for my life okay and um, I sing about it a lot I use that imagery a lot and that's probably why because it's a metaphor I think for my life and this idea of wandering the dunes you know of the beach like um, you know if you've ever been on a beach alone when there's nobody around I mean, it's really kind of a magical environment. Um, you know, you're you're in solitude, but there's all this action around you, and this you know massive body of water, and these dunes with all these animals there, and just the wind and the sounds and everything. It's a magical place, and that's kind of like you know what I'm talking about with the with this song and with the title Dune Wander wandering the dunes of the beach all by myself you know walking through this life alone okay um really that's what it's about so um you know lyrically that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about you know does it sound biblical or you know uh sacred in some kind of way I don't know uh, apparently it does to some people and, and I don't mind that you know because there's a part of me that is like that so if that came out through the lyrics or whatever uh, what I'm singing about you know um, that's cool like I, I like that that's cool that you got that from that um, as far as the guitar sounds are concerned um, if you really wanted to know technically what I'm using on that song in particular, the guitar sound in Dune Wander is a wah-wah pedal. It's kind of like this pedal that changes the phase of your guitar sound and uh, kind of uh, gives it that sound like that. Like that kind of sound. It takes the guitar signal and and changes it like that. You know, uh, when you step on it with your foot, and so what I did was I just had the wah pedal set up to you know certain settings, and so it was you know, configured a certain way. And when I played the guitar through it, that's what it sounded like. And um, I've used that sound a lot, actually, 
you know, this kind of wild, whacked out sounding wah that's going crazy, you know. Um, actually, if you listen to my song I just released, the Aegis Destroyer, I use that wah pedal actually on my keyboard, okay, and it gives me that sound. Um, so that's what that is. It's, uh, and of course, I do use some uh, chorus and flanger and reverb on my guitar, you know, and I throw that into the recipe sometimes. Not not always, but sometimes. But one thing is for sure uh, with the PC3 music and uh, sometimes with the pipe choir music as well, a lot of it is saturated with, you know, digital delay and echo and reverb. I use those things a lot, probably more than most artists do. <laughs> you know, I, I, I soak my music in that stuff. I saturate it so that it becomes, at least in my opinion or from my perspective, it becomes a little more abstract, you know, a little more, um, you know, kind of like smeared, you know, like when you take a piece of chalk and you make a line and then you take your finger and you run your finger over that line of chalk and it kind of smooths it out, feathers it out. And then you run your finger over it again and it's, and it makes it even more feathered out and even more smooth. You know, that's kind of what I'm doing with my guitar sounds. A lot of the time, that's how I get that sound. So if you're a young guitar player out there, you know, and you're trying to figure it out, you know, get a wah pedal, set the settings of your wah pedal to some you know, extremes, you know, experiment, play around and like I have and, and uh, come up with something you like, you know, and that's what exactly what I did. It's, you know, the best way you throw away the manual, you know, you don't need to follow the rules, just plug it in and start playing around with it. That's how I always do it. And uh, that's how I got the guitar sound for Dune Wander. And, you know, I did mention in a podcast before that um, the guitar line that you hear in Dune Wander was all done in like one take. You know, I sat down, I pressed record, and I just played that without practicing, without rehearsing, without doing a dry run or anything. That was just what came out in the moment. And that's the song. And that doesn't happen all the time. That was one of the only times that that ever happened. So um, just a little bit of extra information there. Um, and what am I, you know, what am I singing about in Dune Wander? Well, you know, I'm kind of giving you, uh, the listener, the rundown of kind of the way things had been going for me for a number of years. And a lot of it is in code. So, you know, we were washing in the water. Uh, you know, we, we were singing to the trees. Um, it's all imagery and poetic and um, in code. And I could sit here and break it down for you phrase by phrase, but I, I don't want to do that. But that's the kind of stuff that I'm, I'm saying. We were washing in the water. We were dancing in the streams. Um, you know, this idea of water, it's a spiritual thing, a spiritual symbol. And, uh, of course the trees are, uh, a spiritual symbol. I mean, all that stuff. So I guess the fact that Rod from New Zealand 
got that from the song, got that from what I was singing. That's cool. It's cool. So the next thing is, Ad Astra 1 was released paired with the description of background concentration music for studying. What was the reason for this? The following Ad Astra releases imply the listening holds up on its own, in which, of course, all of your work does. Did you fear the repetitive nature of the, well, what is really a bonus track, Two Hour Yes, would receive criticism from those who followed you from the pipe choir days, if not under this sort of background music aura? Another anomaly is that I consider Ad Astra 1 to be perhaps the most different and alternative rock-based album from the PC3 project and furthest distanced from the ones after. When did the idea for Honest Wave come into power? I see Ad Astra 1 as pipe choir compositions with extreme length and a different, tighter drum sound. Okay, so let's see here. Um, The background concentration music for studying. Um, what you have to kind of remember is that at the time that I was starting to release Honest Wave music, you know, the, the first cuts that I did, like 2020 Vision and Try and all that stuff, this music was not being done really by anybody that I knew of. Okay. Um, and, you know, in order for it to be. Uh, found or to be used by people, you know, often I would have to put things under this title of background concentration music or music for studying or, you know, study music or, you know, that kind of thing, because there was not really, uh, you know, as much of an audience like there is right now for this kind of music. So I was just really, uh, using that name or using that description and making playlists like that one is like a way to introduce it to people that had never heard it before but also for that smaller group of people that were looking for study music you know this would clue them in that that's what this is um and that had a lot to do with a lot of the success that i had earlier on with this kind of stuff. I mean, it's really extreme, uh, you know, a very long and repetitious music. So, um, you know, there are some people out there that will never be able to listen to this music and get it. Like they'll never get it, you know, but there are some people who hear it and they get it right away and they use it, you know, they take it. And, um, you know, that's obviously, you know, the person that I'm writing this music for. So that's why I had the titles on my playlists, like background concentration music for studying. Um, you know, was I worried about the people, you know, disliking the repetitive nature of some of my music? Sure. I'd say, yeah, that was something that I had at least considered, you know. Um, you know, it's a lot to ask of some people to listen to something that's very repetitive, but, you know, of course you have to remember that this was before, you know, I was even aware that there was a, you know, sometimes even clinical use 
for my songs um, that were long in duration, you know, hours long and repetitive, that there are, you know, pockets of society, you know, people with Asperger's disease, uh, people with autism that listen to this music and for one reason or another, they like it. Okay. It's a clinical thing. Um, and you know, there was no way that I could ever predict that that would ever happen. Like when I was making these songs for the first time, there was like, you know, I wasn't like I sat down and said, now I will write a song that children with Asperger's disease will be able to benefit from, you know, I mean, how could I know that? I didn't, you know, the only thing you can do is just go ahead and do it just to do it, put it out there and watch how people absorb it, you know? And then of course now, you know, almost 10 years later or whatever it is, a decade later, you know, I see what it is. Like I can see it for what it is. And, um, I can take, uh, my findings, you know, from my experiment that I started back in the day, uh, with these long duration songs, this honest wave music, and I can refine my experiment and, and carry on with it probably until the day I die, you know, that this idea of honest wave, uh, which started probably in 2014 and I have explained it before in podcasts, but I'll explain it again. Um, you know, I had a lot of people that would ask me what kind of music that I made. And I'd say, well, you know, I'd start to describe it. You know, this is really long music, uh, blah, blah, blah. And they'd say, well, then it's new age music. No, it's not new age music. Okay. Is it, uh, is it like drone music? No, it's not drone music. Although I do that sometimes, but not all the time. Um, I had to kind of come up with a term that was my own that would define what I was doing in a way. Like I could make the definition. I could just tell people what it was and they could go look it up or they could hashtag honest wave and then see what the definition is. And there you go. I mean, I really started to get frustrated with that because people would ask me and they just didn't get it, you know? Um, and so I came up with this term honest wave. Why Honest Wave? Because I felt like it. Like, it's just what came into my head. That's what it's called. That's what it is. Bam. I said it's that. I put down the definition. And uh, then I went on to, you know, break the Guinness World Record with it. So then it became a thing. And people started to talk about this genre of music called Honest Wave. And, you know, I've had other artists ask me if they can, you know, use the, the Honest Wave style, you know, and it's like, of course you can. It's like, even though I thought of the name, even though I started the genre, okay, technically, uh, I don't own it. You know, you can go ahead and you can make your own honest wave music. It's music that's 15 minutes or longer. Um, and you know, usually is a little more subdued, a little more chilled, but it's not uh, new age music. No, it's not that Sometimes it takes on elements of that, but sometimes it takes on elements of heavy metal or rock 
or whatever. You, you're free to go and look up the definition for honest wave. You know, I provided it for you so you can read it. And that's that's where it came from. It was like out of a, a need to be able to describe what I was doing to people quickly without wasting a bunch of time talking about it, you know? Um, so there you go. That's what it was. Um, as far as Ad Astra 1, you know, being different than Ad Astra 2 and 3, I, I don't know. Um, maybe, you know, maybe I, I guess I would have to sit down and listen to it again. I mean, you know, with each like body of work that I engage in and I, I try to, you know, make happen, um, there's a certain amount of, uh, like this thought or this idea that like, I want to do it differently than I did last time. Like, am I going to do it different in any way? Like, what will I be doing differently with this one? Like, what will I do? What's the approach? You know, I, I always try to do something different when I'm creating music ideas, even right now. You know, I try to think, okay, am I doing something, at least one thing in this song or this thing I'm working on that I've never done before? You know, it might be something really small. Nobody will ever notice, but it's there. I know it's there. And I know that I did something different. Uh, I usually or almost never do things that are exactly the same way. You know, I, I, I try to refine my uh, procedure. I, I try to do it differently each time, you know. So Ad Astra 1, Ad Astra 2, Ad Astra 3, they have their similarities, of course. And a lot of that music was recorded at the same time. But with each album, I really did try to make them a little bit different and reimagine them. So you have something like Ad Astra 1, you know, being song for song, you know just an album of songs. And then you have something like Ad Astra 3, where it's uh, one continuous play uh, album with star points where you can jump from track to track. But really, if you press play, all the songs kind of just run into each other. There is no stopping and starting. It just flows from beginning to end. You know, I tried to do something different, right? So I wouldn't say that Ad Astra 1 is better than Ad Astra 2 or Ad Astra 3 or anything like that, but they are different and that's intentional. And, um, if you feel Rod, you know, if you feel that, um, Ad Astra one stands out, well, that's interesting to me. I guess I'll think about it and maybe I'll go back and listen to it and see if I can see it your way. You know, thank you for saying all the things that you said about it. Okay. So, uh, what else do we got here from Rod? The final question, or the final bullet point here. Uh, what are your thoughts on the very long PC3 compositions being the music you are most well known for? Do you ever think that some people might disregard your incredible music as novelty? Of course, In the Garden is absolutely mind-blowing, but I see a surprising amount of joking or criticism in relation to the piece in the comments. Although the rise and fall of Bossa Nova contains almost your entire discography, it is a fantastic listening experience. It's so much to take in 
and the reward for listening to it is just a euphoric awakening feeling. But then again, I see people treat your music as novelty and as a challenge to try and listen to the world's longest song challenge. What are your thoughts on this? Of course, it brings publicity and may prompt further listening of your music, but if I was in your position, I would find this kind of narrative a bit discouraging. Do you feel this way? Okay, um, you know what I would say to that is, uh, if anybody ever listens to anything I ever do, that's like a miracle to me. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, so, you know, if people want to make it like a, a game out of like, you know, trying to listen to the rise and fall of Bossa Nova by, you know, PC three, uh, if they, they want to make it like a game to see if they can get through it all and all that kind of stuff. Um, I love it. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Uh, and you know, yeah, it does, it does help, you know, promote the music and everything. And, um, yeah, I guess maybe that kind of stuff, like the PC three stuff is what I'm most known for. And I don't mind that because it's all really music made by me. And then, you know, also too, there's this, there's this idea that you have to kind of realize that, um, you know, if somebody finds me because of the rise and fall of Bossa Nova or any of the other kind of, uh, you know, Guinness World Record stuff I did or whatever, ultimately, you know, if they're really interested in what they're hearing, you know, they start to see that I make other things. And um, I have more than a few fans or listeners that, you know, not only find it interesting to listen all the way through, you know, any of my longer Honest Wave songs, um, they find it interesting to go down the, what they call, I guess, the, the Michael J. Bostwick or Pipe Choir rabbit hole. You know, there's like all this stuff that I've made. And I love that more than anything else. I mean, that's why I do this. You know, I have so many different things I've done that are, you know, creative and some are better than others. And I know you said earlier on, uh, Rod, in these questions that, you know, um, I'm not the type to rank my music or consider some works better than others, but that's not true. I, I do, uh, think some of my stuff is better than others but you know truthfully that changes for me from time to time you know my tastes change my viewpoint changes on something that I made a few years ago uh, you know maybe um, having a little bit of time between me and the something that I made you know it allows me the opportunity to see it with fresh eyes or hear it with fresh ears you know so uh yeah, I do have favorites and I do have some I don't like so much. And, um, you know, most of the artists that you hear will never admit that to you because they want to sell you, you know, all of their songs. They don't want to just sell some of them. And as you already know, if you've been paying attention to me, even for a short period of time, um, I'm not doing any of this for money. Okay. Like, that's not the motivation here. Okay. So, you know, I do it just to do it because I love doing it. And, um, I would like to think that my fans, you know, my happy innovators, 
you know, that are out there. You know, some of them really like that idea of digging through all the things that I've done. And they don't mind uh, listening to longer songs. They don't mind all the crazy ideas I have. And I love it. I love it. Like I said earlier, you know, um, I'm a musician and I love to make music. I really do. It's a lot of fun and uh, it's challenging. And I've been doing it since I was a child. I've been making music since I was a child and I never stopped. I just kept going, you know, um, but, uh, there's a part of me that really enjoys the idea. Okay. Of being known as an artist, uh, as much, or maybe more so than being a musician, you know, um, that means more to me than money. That means more to me than fame that, you know, if I ever make any kind of dent in any kind of musical, whatever in the world ever, you know, that it would be as an artist and not like, you know, shaking my ass and, you know, trying to be sexy or something, you know, it's like, or trying to blow you away with my, you know, technical prowess on the guitar or something. It's like, that's not, that's not appealing to me at all. You know, I would much rather be, you know, lumped into the world of people like, you know, Brian Eno or, uh, you know, Bjork or Kraftwerk. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, I'm more in that kind of thinking, you know, that means more to me than dollars do or praise or fame or celebrity or whatever. I'm just grateful that anybody's listening to anything I do ever, you know? So there you go. And that my friends is what I'm going to wrap up this podcast with. I'm going to say thank you to Rod again from New Zealand. And uh, I want to say thank you also to all my happy innovators out there that gave me the well wishes about my dad uh, passing away. It means a lot to me that you reached out to me and said something. So thank you, all of you. Um, you know, we may not meet each other in person, but some of you are really uh, good friends, good people. And uh, I also want to kind of extend the invitation once again to anybody who's listening to this podcast. If you ever have any questions for me at all, even if they're not about music, they might be about something political. They might be about something social, whatever. Or it could be, uh, you know, an honest wave song I did back in the day. Whatever it is that you have a question about, you should always feel free to write to me at pipechoir at gmail.com. That's P-I-P-E-C-H-O-I-R, all lowercase letters, at gmail.com. And I will answer your questions. And uh, just like I did for Rod. So thank you one and all my happy innovators. Have a great weekend. I'll be talking to you very soon. Um, And uh, remember, folks, if you want to keep what you've got, you've got to give it away. Take it easy.
Okay, so you know what I've decided to do today? In lieu of this letter that I received from one of my happy innovators uh, named Rod from New Zealand, I decided that what I'm going to share with you today is the song Dune Wander, but this time, in honor of Rod, I'm going to give you a description of the song as it plays, kind of like I do with the album descriptions or like I do with Mike TV, something like that. So without further ado, as a sign of gratitude to this happy innovator of mine from halfway across the planet, uh, here we go. Is a breakdown of the song Dune Wander. Started out with that blues drum beat, like I said. You know? Boom, 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 cha, boom, 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 cha. And I'm just kind of doing like, you know, random speaking and whispering, and, you know, not a whole lot of thought went into what I was saying. It was really more for like effect, you know? I think at some point in the past, I went back and I isolated the whisper track on this to figure out what I was saying and it was really just a bunch of nonsense but um, you know at the time I was recording this I wasn't sure how many people were going to even care you know what I was saying you know just breathing and whispers and weird kind of things you know There's that guitar that I was talking about. Just the wah pedal I have was set to these wild, you know, parameters, and that gives it that weird sound. And I, I played that guitar that you're here right now. I played it straight through. I didn't rehearse it. I improved the whole thing and I wound up keeping almost all of it. And that bass line you hear. I think I did that actually on a guitar, not on a bass. Yeah, these lyrics are kind of like introspective. This idea of probably of like, you know, everybody around me talking to me like they knew more than I did, you know, about life or something and, you know, teach me. Yeah, you're, you're, you know so much. Teach me. Go ahead. Teach me. Come on. We were sleeping in a wilderness of broken hearted dreams. And the world you want is this. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose that's where I'm coming from. Like a, like a criticism. And, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it was so long ago now. I dream and I fall. I dream and I fall. That's what I'm saying there with the tremolo on my voice. You know, just kind of going for it, not having any real direction or message that I wanted to send. Just kind of, you know, stepping up to the microphone and letting it all just come out, you know. Borrow every dream you doubted, everywhere you wander, every lie you swallow. Come on, you know, it's like going back and forth. Like, um, I should have probably said everything we think, everything we follow, everything we. We were dancing in the flames. The souls that were deceived. I mean, I, I suppose I'm, I'm talking about some pretty heavy stuff. Walk on, keep going, keep wandering. You know, it's like almost, I guess, like, like I'm, I'm wandering the dunes, right, on the beach, and I stop and I observe something. I make a statement about it, then I continue to walk. I walk on, you know, to the next thing. I think that's the idea that I was going for. Again, that guitar with that weird, you know, wah-wah kind of. that you believe only what you want to see come on let's walk on go on to the next thing wander the dunes
yeah. I think kind of like um, speaking to or like defining that line between, you know, the people who have faith and believe and the people who don't. A lot of the time, um, you know, people who believe in the Bible and believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior, you know, they see the world differently than people who don't believe. You know? And they always kind of see it from um, a place of like, this is the end of it all, like we're at the end. But I don't always think so. History. Well, this part is pretty cool. I have to say, I like this part of the song a lot. Pretty cool music space to be in. Forgive me, you know, uh, you know, reflective, you know, introspective. I like this part. It's pretty cool. And it kind of just naturally emerged. You know? Started with a drum beat and started to add music, and like this is what came out. Pretty cool. thinking of words, you know, thinking of interesting things to say, hear me, praying, you know, hear me, or maybe I'm singing it to you, you know, hear my song, hear me, breathing, alive, you know, living a life, breathing. Fill me, okay? That's a spiritual thing, you know, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me. Fill me up. Dreaming, always dreaming. Always. Pretty cool music. Kiss me. Love, affection. Passion. Mm, mystery. Most women are a mystery. Most women are mysterious in their own way. Teach me. I'm open to learn, you know, I'm open to learning. I want wisdom, I want knowledge. Reaching. Think about that word, you know, reaching for something, whatever it is, whatever your ambitions are. See me. I singing that to the people around me, 
you know, to see me, to see what I really am like. Again, dreaming, always dreaming. See me dreaming, you know, because that's what all of this stuff is. Show me. Mm, yeah, probably a reference to Our Lady of Sorrows. Showing me what's really happening around me. Counting. Mm, let's see. Probably a reference to past indiscretions. Counting the things I did wrong as opposed to the things I did right. Forgive me for things I've done wrong. Pretty basic, you know, Christian request. <laughs> you know. Falling, yeah. You know, the Christian belief that humans are always in the state of falling, a perpetual state of being fallen. You know, we need to be saved. I'm falling. Catch me. Catch me. Save me. Take me. As funny as that sounds, that's a reference to T-Rex when he says, take me at the end of Bang a Gong. <laughs> My wife and I laugh about that every time we hear it. But... I'm kind of turning it into something a little somber, like take me home. You know, take me home. I missed my family and the city I was from, and it was on my heart all the time. And I am saying, take me home. I want to go home again. And of course, I could never go home again. You know, just it was never not going to be the same ever again. Oh well, that's life. You know. Take me home. Time changes things. You know, time changes even things like home. Home. That word, home. H-O-M-E, home. It's like, uh, I think that Jim Morrison from The Doors expounded on that idea once, and it kind of stayed in my mind, this idea of going home or not being able to go home or what is home? What is home? You know, it's a big question. Everything you wanted. Everything you say. While wandering the dunes. Everything you wish for. Every breath you fake. Take on the police. Every breath you take, but every breath you fake. Everyone you paid for. Earned everything you paid for, everything you earned. There's a difference. Everything you borrowed. Everything you borrowed. 
everyone you burned. Hmm. The idea of, you know, how did you get what you have? Is it ill-gotten gains? You know, is it... Did you really deserve it? Do you really earn? Did you really earn it, or did you steal it? Did you take it? It matters how you got what you got. While wandering the dunes, you know, every lie you whisper, every lie you whisper. Hmm. everything is true. Everything is true. It's <laughs> introspective. Everything you question. Everything you think. Everything you think. Every pill you swallow. Red pill, blue pill. Every drop you drink, yeah. The party aspect of existence. Everything you ponder, everything you think about while you walk the earth. Everything you speak comes out of your mouth. Every dream you doubted. Every proof you seek. Every proof you seek. Hmm. Everywhere you wander. Everywhere you wander. Everywhere alone. Really, everywhere alone, ultimately, really. Everything you wanted. Everything you wanted. Everything but home. Back to that idea. Home. Everywhere but where you really want to be. You can have anything you want in in this world, but you can never have home. Again, you know. Weird. It's a weird thing. Hence the idea of wandering, right? This idea of not having a home anymore, you know. And that, you know, that sound that's going, ding, ding, ding. It's like a plinking kind of sound. That's from my guitar. It's another one of those little noises I made and I looped it throughout the song. That wah pedal is still on the guitar. I'm still. Take me. A reference to T Rex. Take me. We laugh about that. My wife and I laugh about that because it's just such a goofy thing for him to say at the end of that song. He's like, Take me! You know, we both just laugh. So, you know, as weird as that sounds, it's kind of like a bit of humor. In this, you know, take me, take me, take me 
take me home. But I, I am seriously, you know, singing that. It's not a joke when I'm singing it, but it is like a, my wife hears it and then looks at me and we both just smile at each other because she knows what I, she knows why I'm saying it like that, where I'm saying it, you know, but it is truthfully, you know, what I was singing about was the desire to go home. And I think that home might be like heaven, you know, like take me home, take me out of this, you know, particularly difficult time emotionally for me. Like take me home, take me out of this. I think I end the song on the word home. You know? This stuff was really on my heart too. Like, you know, um, if it was coming out like this in a song, it was something that I was feeling, you know, I didn't have to dig too deep to get it like this. Yeah. I think I end with the word home right here. Get it? <laughs> okay, so there you go. Um, Rod, I, you know, wanted to say thank you for all the attention that you gave my music and the time you took to write out the questions that you did. And that was my tribute to you. Um, so that was on your behalf. And, uh, you know, I would at this moment want to invite any of my happy innovators that are listening to this. If there's ever any questions that you have, you know, like I said before, um, if you ever have any questions for me about my music or anything that I've made, um, I'll tell you what, I, I love answering questions about my music and, and my art uh, more than pretty much uh, anything else that I do. You know, I, I can answer questions all day long. I love talking about music almost as much as I like making music and I love to talk about my music, especially it's a lot of fun. And, um, I'm just so happy that anybody even cares enough to ask. So, uh, the deepest gratitude to all of you that are listening to this, especially Rod from New Zealand. And, uh, I hope that uh, you all have a great holiday season and I'm pretty sure I'll be releasing a podcast, you know, before too long, but uh, just in case I don't, you know, Merry Christmas and a happy new year to you all. But uh, I'm pretty sure I'll be giving you something else. So until next time, my happy innovators, take it easy, peace out, have fun, be safe and don't cause too much trouble. Okay. Talk to you. Talk to you. Talk to you later. 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 Later.
Later.